All right, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Diggy Fresh in the building. Uh, Sunday interview is is nice outside, and I got a fellow podcaster back on the podcast. It's my man Uncle Tweezy from the All Drinks with Me podcast. What's going on, bro? What's going on, bro? Okay. Yeah, man. A lot's going on since that first episode. What's going on with you? <laughs> I got you. Now, can you give me some updates about COVID-19 in Charlotte or how it's affecting the family or your household? Uh, definitely, man, definitely. It, it, you know, it certainly hit me um, pretty hard. Uh, you know, I do. I work at the airline, and I think the airline is like one of the, the places where I, I guess you can say it's kind of very predominant with people coming in from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. So you know, you don't know actually, you know, is affected by it. Uh, I mean, for me, you know, myself as well as my mother, we both work at the airline. It's kind of full disclosure, and a lot of people know that I haven't really told too many people about it. But my mom, she actually uh, tested positive. Oh so man. She tested positive. She's healthy, and you guys are getting back to some sense of normalcy in the family. And uh, updates on this end, bro, like, uh, what was it, three days ago, my fiance woke up, and she said she felt like she had an elephant on her chest, and I was like, okay. 
and she said she she I felt her head. She was not she wasn't feeling warm or anything, and she said she wasn't really coughing. She said she she was just couldn't breathe, and I was like, okay, well you may have it, so let's go ahead and back it up real quick. And then um, I said, hey, go get tested real quick, and she got tested, and I was like, damn, like we were in the house for a while like you know obviously working you need to you know go to work and come home but for the most part we were just home and uh when when she went and she can't she didn't come back for like a couple of hours because of the testing the site that was testing everybody had a line and it was like it hit me a little bit i was like you know i know she's fine because you know she's a strong person she's young not only is she young but she's got that strong will to just live and when she came back and she was like, well, you know, they're going to get back to me, get back to her, you know, in a day or two with the results. And I said, okay, cool. And I was surprised. I did not really think about it the rest of the day. I just, you know, made sure I sanitized the place. And whenever she was downstairs with me, that we stayed as, you know, as far apart as possible without, you know, isolating yourself, you know, with that person in the same house. And we slept in two different beds at night. And, um, the day that she got the results back, they said she was negative, and I was like, okay, good, we straight. So, but those for those couple of days, I went through. I went down to the store, bought um, like home remedy stuff, you know, ginger, uh, lemon, and make her a little cocktail so that she can somehow get, you know, instead of having to take any med, crazy medication, that she can just stay home and do what she needs to do to get healthy. But for the most part, she's good, man. for the day everybody is fear and worry and obviously me and Tweezy have had some instances where fear and worry did uh, happen and when I sent you that that picture that quote man what did you think about it first before we get into it the first thing, uh, first thing I thought about was kind of you know, what we just kind of talked about was you know, my, my family and my mom and kind of just worried about you know what's going to happen Fear of failure, you know, 
whatever. Um, and in this case, you know, death stops you from living your life and, you know, trying to do the things that you actually want to do, uh, whether that be a new job, a new risk, a new career, or whatever. So, I mean, that's the first thing I thought about. I got you. And for me, when I read it, obviously my lady had gotten better, so I just read this yesterday, but when I read that thing, it was it it resonated with me because of so many decisions that I've made. And obviously when I made the decision, I was scared. And there's too many to count. But when I made the decision, I was like, okay, good. I made the decision, you know, and I'm still here. I have money in my account. You know, I'm not dead. I'm not in jail, I'm, you know. And it's not, it's not like I stole anything, but, you know, I spent money, I, you know, I've ventured out and learned new things that I never would have if I just stayed in my bubble. And I was like, good, no need to worry about them. And so every decision I made on after that, I said, OK, cool. No matter what's going to happen, I'm still here. I'm still living and I can go by my day and my life knowing that decision I made, I can keep making decisions and still be peaceful about the outcome, no matter what happens, good or bad. But um, I'm gonna go ahead and read. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and read the quote for everybody, and then we're gonna go ahead and get into like this is like the lesson of the day because last time we talked, it was a more of a back and forth, but this one is more of a teachable episode for a lot of folks, even for me and you, because when I I was watching a video on this thing about fear and how it manifests and how it. It's the opposite of what we really want. And I was just like, I need to get tweezy on this because I'm like, this is my guy. So, um, quote for the day is, fear does not stop death. It stops life. Worrying does not take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. And like I said, that was the most powerful thing I've heard. And I mean, simple, 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 simple. But let me ask you, bro. Let me ask you this. Is fear a bad thing? Um, I think, I think, I don't think it's, it's bad per se. I think it's okay to have a fear of, of something because you're human. I mean, and you don't know how, you know, I think, I think only people who don't have fear are just kind of robots, you know what I'm saying? I think that even with now with the, the Jordan documentary, you hear that, you know, Michael didn't fear anything. Mike just kind of, just kind of did his thing or yeah. whatever, whatever. Which, you know, which is understandable. Not different on the court. But I still think, you know, there's something, there's something to fear. I, I mean, one quote that, that I kind of always, always kind of, always came back to is that you can't be scared to fail in search of perfection, which I understand. But I think that, I think that you always, you, you're going to fear something. I think that you're always going to have that chance. It's okay to I me. Mean, you're human. I mean, you're, it's okay to naturally think that you know you may be scared by the result of something. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Or scared to actually do something. But it gets it gets bad when that when that fear doesn't allow you to make a decision like you do. You know, if you want to, on a lower level, you want to try to talk to a female mm-hmm. and you let fear talk you completely out of doing that because you're scared what she's going to say. You're scared what you're going to do or mm-hmm. whatever you let that talk you out of it and that's what that's the problem that's what fear actually comes into it mm-hmm. so I mean, I mean I don't think it's that bad but I do think I think the answer I don't think it's that bad I think it's okay to have a small fear I got you. don't let that fear consume you I got you 
in my opinion, bro, what I've learned, is, I mean, we've all been fearful at one point in our life, but what I've learned is that fear is twofold. It is not a bad thing, but it depends. So kind of same thing that you're talking about. But for me, fear can, you know, be a great motivator for someone to grow and or to make a decision to change their life. And for me, when I decided to go into business for myself, that was very scary because all I've ever learned was go to college, get as much traditional education as you can so that you can get out there and actually lead people because I saw my dad do it. And then when I saw my mom open up her practice and she left the school system, she was scared and she's diagnosed. She had, she was, she had diagnosed anxiety when she was a lot younger. So when she had it, she was a little, you know, out of, you know, out of shape for that when that decision that she made. So for me, when I saw that she did that, I was like, okay, she's still, they still got the house. They still got the cars. They still got an income. Very good. And for me, I said, I believe that if I do it now, while I'm really, really young, I'm good. Because I got time to make, you know, big and small mistakes and still recover and still grow as I get older. So in my opinion, fear is a is not a bad thing, but it also depends on your perspective and how you look at fear. Like you said, if you're looking at fear as like, I can't make a decision because of this unforeseen thing that I that might not even happen, yeah, it's a bad thing. And I didn't think about it as, as how, you, how you said as far as like fear can push you into doing something that that you didn't think you would do. I mean, which again, I think that's, that's, a, good, that's a good point about it. See, I didn't think about it on that level. But yeah, I, I, I believe, you know, which is fear can certainly be twofold, you know what I'm saying? It definitely can be that. It can be a good fear, a good healthy fear. I, I understand that. I got you. Now, let me, let me ask you this. Yeah. Everything being equal, COVID-19 is done, is over with, we're back to normal, everybody can shake hands and hug. What is your biggest fear? Uh, my biggest fear is, my, well, my biggest fear is my mom catching it again, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't think that, you know, I don't think that it's, if there's any statistics as far as, you know, it's just a one-time thing, mm-hmm. I personally think that, I think that Any of my ventures that I get into, I fear that they won't hit or at you know some point in time hit the vision that I made them out to be. So for my for my podcast, for it to be worldwide and for it to be well known, it may not be, you know, Joe Rogan well known where every you know, you have millions and millions of listeners listening every week, but you know, 
for me, if I, you know, have a cool six figure audience every single week listening to my podcast, that's, that is what I fear won't happen. And, you know, for my businesses, for me not to be able to have the choice to leave my job or, you know, create the lifestyle for my lady and I and my family in the future, that is kind of my fear. Yeah, and I mean, so much of it is out the physical, you know, the physical is out of my control. I can't go out and get the all the customers that I can, like, I can walk around my complex and, hey, you're going to be my customer. I can't do that. But that the thing is, like, you know, this small person who came from, you know, a small state to not be able to get what he wanted, he worked real hard for it and, you know, tried to create ways to do it. That's the biggest fear for me is to leave this earth and not have left a legacy through what I've done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know me. That's how I think. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. No small I got you. Now, let me get. Let me get. Let me move on to the next question. Is do you believe that you can eliminate fear, or should you? Or should you? Or, or like, well, twofold question: Can you, or should can you eliminate fear, and should you eliminate it? I think you can eliminate fear, um, and I think you should. I think by you taking taking different chances over and over again, I think it does eliminate that fear. Um, I mean, like like hypothetically, let's just say you know uh, you interest. I mean, just anything. I think that you can you can you can have questions on starting starting a company multiple companies that you scared that first time but the more times you invest the more times you believe in yourself I mean that fear actually goes away whereas so you're just not you know you don't you're not worried about it anymore. I mean, you're taking enough risk and your risk actually has that you know have, they, they've come up they, they've been good and then you know the more risk you take the more the less you kind of worry about that fear because like, oh, you know that is before so it'll happen again and then also I think that I think that also can be a bad thing because that may cause you to take a big risk, which certainly could, you know, cause major, major financial ramifications. So, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that you can eliminate fear. Do I think that you should eliminate fear to a certain extent? I think, but yeah, I think it's still, you know, some fear helps you, you know, have common sense and think, and think things through. I got you. I agree with you on that one, man. The um, biggest thing for me is uh, when, when, where should I, you know, eliminate my fear? You know, is it, you know, for example, when I got decided to get engaged, you know, most folks, when I, they would talk to me and ask me, hey, you know, when am I going to propose? They asked me, hey, how long have you and your lady been together? I'll tell them, hey, six, seven years, whatever the time frame was. And they would say, you know, when you're not gonna when are you gonna you know when are you gonna ask her and at that time i was i would be scared to answer that question because i would you know that 
that is a as a is an indicator to a lot of folks of you know commitment and trust and communication and I mean understandably so that makes sense. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the fear of me answering that question, you know, for the longest time when we first got together was, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was seen in the eyes of other folks as just Doug going through his process. And when I decided to just say, fuck it, I'm going to just answer it and let just educate folks on the fact that me and my lady have a process that we're going through that most folks don't pretty much don't probably might not understand and if they try to understand it's going to be confusing because it goes against the grain of what western society deems as necessary for a marriage and so i said you know let me just eliminate this fear as much as possible by just educating somebody and when i first said it i said it to my mom and she was like okay makes sense my son is she, and she told me later on he's like no my son is even though my son is very emotional he's very intellectual and my brother like unlike my brother he's just like you know he ain't gonna answer you and whenever he does he's gonna be real blunt with you and if you don't like it so what but for me when i told yeah well when i told her and i then i you know people would ask me and i would tell them the same thing over and over again they were like damn then they would they would have this surprised look on their face like you know I, I never thought of having a similar process about my relationship like you do and they someone someone did tell me that and I was like okay there's something to it I can eliminate fear by just saying let's go learn about you know go introspectively learn about your process as a person decisions that you make the journey that you're going through and educate yourself but you can also educate people on that process and help them understand why you haven't made that decision and when you're going to make it and how you're going to make it. Now, let me ask Now, let me ask you this, man. Do you know uh the cause of fear or a cause of fear? <clears throat> um, I think one cause of fear is doubt. I think doubt certainly causes a lot of things. Doubt yourself, doubt your abilities. Um, so I guess a lot of self doubt will be my main you uncle tweezy have self-doubt that is amazing for someone who has a podcast who puts their stuff out on the street every week <laughs> i mean and everything I kind of bounced around a lot about it and I think the biggest thing that 
hit, hit me when I thought, you know, what causes fear? And I think the main cause of fear, and people are going to be like, how is, and you might even be confused by this, but I think the biggest reason why people have fear about doing anything or saying anything or living their life the way they want is ignorance. Now, ignorance. Ignorance? Okay. Yeah. And I want to explain what, like, in greater detail, we're going to go through it in a minute, but what I mean by ignorance, and I know a lot of black folks, when they hear ignorant, they think stupid. (laughs) And ignorance by Webster's Dictionary is not stupidity. It's actually not knowing. And if we boil it down to any decision that you make, so for example, me and my lady are getting married, right? In three, three and a half, four months. Do I know that this marriage is gonna work out? Do, do I logically know that this marriage is gonna work out? No, I don't. I just have a feeling that it's going to work out. But me logically, I don't know what's gonna happen in this marriage. I don't know how many fights we gonna have. I don't know how big it's gonna be. I don't know what's gonna happen to us financially. I just know that the feeling I have inside and from past experience that the thing is gonna work out. But me logically making a decision, I to say I do right there in front of everybody in our family, that's scary. And so yes, I'm ignorant to the fact that I don't know how this marriage is gonna work out. I don't know if my businesses are gonna necessarily work out. I can only go off people's past experience and or you know like feedback like you said with the podcast i can only do so much in regards to knowing if it's gonna work out or not but um what do you think man you think ignorance plays a plays a part in fear um yeah part of the episode is going is going to take a little i don't know how long it's really going to take maybe take 10 ish minutes but we're going to break it down and then we're going you know i'm gonna ask you a couple questions about it and we're going to go back to the lesson and then we're going to finish it up with some tips all right all right so what i want you to just i want you to i want you and everybody out there else to imagine to take a second and imagine this uh you know what a light bulb looks like right you got the big glass piece and then you got the metal piece, right? So imagine the bulb piece, the glass piece is, is broken down and it's, it's cut in half. So the top half is representing your conscious mind. The bottom half is your subconscious mind. And the little piece that you screw into the actual lamp is your body. So it's your physical body, okay? And the representation of your conscious mind is obviously, you know, your ability to think, you know, accept and reject ideas. Uh, your educate is your educated mind where you can say, hey, you know, I, I thought about this. I can do this. I can do that. And it's your intellect, you know. So if you go to school, it's me being able to add two plus two or one plus one. All right. And then you have your subconscious mind 
where that's your emotional side that's where your habits are formed that's where that's the part of your mind that takes in everything literally everything that you encounter they t- it takes in and it cannot distinguish the difference between real and imagined and then obviously you have your body which takes in the five senses that your mind takes in and you know it, you react to it all right and with go, going on through this do, well let me ask you this first is that a good representation of how we can develop fear? I think that's a, I think that's a really good representation. I think you you, 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 know, you, you that. See, so yeah, I, I, I think that is yes. Okay, good. All right. And then what we have is obviously the outside world. So we have the light bulb, which is us, and then we have the outside world. And we, what we what I'm gonna do is basically take the outside world and put half and half so 50 50 and the first half is going to be the ignorance of society and then we have the knowledge of society and the ignorance is going to be represented as, as negative and the knowledge is going to be represented as positive okay okay so let's say for example you meet uh you're not you're not with somebody right now are you Okay, good. All right. So, let's just say you meet. Let's say you meet a fine lady. Let's say who who do you who do you like? Who is like your your ideal woman? Like, is it a a, a celebrity or somebody that you know? Uh, I mean, you know, a couple of people who I know are pretty cool. Um, but when you're going off celebrity, because I think most people listening probably don't know who I know, then they make the stuff. Repeat that again. Make the stallion. Oh my! Everybody in her. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, it ain't. It ain't that natural. Looks. I just like her personality. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. Okay. So let's just say you meet Mega Stallion. Okay. And you know you are you. You got your conscious and your subconscious mind in your body. All right. So you meet her for the first time. You. You don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea. You and and would you say would you say when you meet her you're gonna be kind of you know worried about you know how you how you dress how to how to date or that time is gonna feel with the, you know what's it gonna look like you know is it gonna work out do you have that feeling? I, I would think so. Yeah, I would think I would definitely worry about you know my appearance and whether or not she you know she enjoys herself. Okay, so let's just say we start there. So that's the 50-50. Let's say you're worried about it and it, you know, I don't know, man, you know, I went, I, you know, I dressed as, you know, dressed to the nines. I think I've dressed to the nines. You know, you got the whip clean and everything. You know, you took her out to the, you know, dinner and everything, but you're still worried. So let's just focus on that part. All right, so you're ignorant. You don't know what's going to happen, but you're worried. And obviously that you're taking in that negative and you, you, as soon as you take in the negative, then you get emotionally involved. I don't know how this is going to work out. I really want it to work out. I really want it to work out. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know if she's worried about me not having enough money to take care of her. I don't know how she feels about, you know, dating somebody who has a regular job and she's an entertainer and you just really want that thing to work out. And that fear is just emotionally charging all the negative stuff that you're letting in. And then let's say you have a date and it go and it actually goes well. It goes well. 
and but she doesn't she doesn't call back for she doesn't call back for about a week what do you what what do you think what do you feel after somebody doesn't call you in a week I got you so in so in that week you was like oh my gosh you know you had a little anxiety and then after the week is gone you find out you know she's not really interested so you're now you have internalized that you've internalized the anxiety and suppressed it now it creates this sort of and obviously depression has levels to it but you've created this level of depression for yourself and in this depression you've probably done what in this next couple i'm well i'm not saying you'll do this as a guy but you know what what are you going through in this sort of depression if you if Meg Thee Stallion turned you down? Um, for me, um, I'm probably, you know, looking at pictures to see if she got another guy. Um, like, listening to music, um, just kind of just being sad, talking to my friends, uh, doing podcasts, wondering what I could have actually done better. Um, you know, just even myself, just thinking, dang, you know, like, uh, you know, I'll never have this chance again. It's kind of just being just self-doubt. a lot of just getting in my own way, getting in my own head. I got you. And that has that is represented as dis-ease. So you've you create you've artificially created some sort of distress in your body after one instance and then now through this this disease that you have. And obviously disease can be either manifested as emotional or physical, so it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you 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 know, had some diabetes, you've created diabetes in yourself or you've created some sort of anxious you know anxiety about yourself but you've created artificial emotional depression and do you feel that after you meet Meg Thee Stallion that you might not have a chance with any other female that is a art uh, entertainer um I would think I would think that, that a part of me would kind of like that um uh, I wouldn't even necessarily just entertain I think a part of me would probably feel like I would you know have a chance with I got you. Okay. So in that, in that you have that feeling that you're not, you may not get with another entertainer or even be as, you know, I don't say great, but you might not have a chance with any other female that you're around. That's created some sort of disintegration of who you are as a person based off one instance. And all it took, all yeah, all it took was you believing that this instance did not would did not go well. You did not know it was not going to go well. Okay, so that's the ignorance part. Now let's move over to the other side of the coin where we have some knowledge. This is the positive you're letting in. You're like, okay, good. I clean my car. I, you know, I'm looking good. You know, I bought me a nice suit. You know, we went out to dinner. We're going out to dinner at this nice restaurant. And you fig- you kind of figured out what she likes to do, you know, through the couple of conversations that you've had. And you, you've been able to figure out, okay, I, she likes eating this. She, you know, she likes, she, let's say, for example, you had all the money that you needed. So you, you travel and you see her and say hey where would you like to eat and she'll say hey i want to eat at you know ruth chris in miami and you fly there and she loves steak so you find out she likes steak and you fly there and you've kind of basically studied a couple of things before you saw her okay 
that creates some sort of understanding that, you know, hey, I understand how women think a little bit. You know, you got to ask them what, you know, be a little receptive and, you know, figure out what do they like? What is it that they like about life? And through that date, you know, you, you don't go ask a couple of questions, you know, where, where do you see your career going? You know, do you plan on doing anything else? So you're gathering all this knowledge and you kind of put it in there, studying, you put it in your brain bank and you have this thing going on. So let give the people what you would do, some game that you will put down on Meg Thee Stallion when you have that date with her. For me, uh, like you said, once I've done my research, I kind of continue on see what she, what she likes, ask my questions. Um, and then I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna go in depth into it. Um, I'm gonna ask, you know, about personal relationships and, you know, with her family to kind of see what a brilliant actually would be. So, okay, so you you have this knowledge about relationships that you kind of studied your past already. So we know you've you've had some experience before you met Meg. And then you you through these experiences, you've understood questions to ask. You've understood how to, you know, interact with a female. You've understand you've understood some of her past and what she's doing currently. And so after this date is done, do you have faith that she will Hit you up sometime within the next week. Um, I, I have faith. I have faith that she actually would. I mean, I would definitely, you know, you engage the night, you see how many laughs you get, you see how much eye contact you get, etc. So you kind of can gauge how it actually goes. So I'm gonna have faith that she actually does hit me back um, later on. Of course, I mean, my thing, my new response at night, okay, good. You got to set the date come. Okay, and within that faith that you have, does that create a sense of positive well-being in yourself that you can, you know, come back on that second date and perhaps make it even better? Yes, absolutely. Okay, and in that, what you know, you created that well-being, that sense of self, I, you know, I got this, you know, I crushed that first date. Does that come out of you after that, you know, that second or third conversation? Does it, what is it, how does that, how's that expression, what does that expression look like? Uh, for me, it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of smiles, it's a lot, it's, just, it's, it's a lot of confidence. Like, I do that confidence that I know, I, you know, it's like, it's like having a job that you really want, you know, you really just kill this, so now you just kind of waiting for, you wait for that, that offer letter, that response to you, you have a little job and you got it. I got you. 
And how do you accelerate that? Pro- how would you accelerate that that process of express that that positive self-expression? What does it look like when you accelerate that thing? Do you, you know, do you go out and what do you do when you when you have that? You've got the well-being. You've got that confidence. You're like, okay, good. We have a good couple of phone calls and text messages that we've gone through. What does the acceleration process look like for you? Uh, the acceleration is basically, it's, it's now, it's me, it's me using the research that I've got, if we're still on the whole dating aspect of it, it's me using the research that I've got of her to, to do something as far as sending her favorite meal to her job or somewhere that she's actually going to be. It's just kind of paying attention to because basically letting her know that I, I know I pay attention. I, I listen to every word she said during the day. I've listened to what every person before me got wrong. I've listened to what you want going forward and what you write. So now I've actually done that. Even if it's something as small as her, her stating that she likes elephants. And you just kind of send her uh, just a picture of elephants. And the next time you see her, it's usually something that has to do with elephants. So basically just kind of every, every little research, every little nook and cranny that, that I've learned over that time, mm-hmm. you just kind of push that to I got you. Okay, I got you. And does that create a sense of at ease for you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because at that point, we've already had a couple conversations. So once there, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. I'm like, I'm chill. I'm, 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 I'm flowing on the water. I'm floating now. Like, I, I'm I got you. Ears. You definitely. I got you. So now you are you on cloud nine. Nothing can stop you. You're in Meg Stallion's crosshair. You got her in your crosshair. She's got you in your her crosshairs. What do you think you can create out of all of this positive? You know, from the feelings to the physical manifestation and emotional manifestation. What can you create in this relationship? I think I can create um, as a last. Uh, everlasting memories I think that you can create um, love. I think I can create an atmosphere that actually puts her at ease to know that I am who I say I am and I am someone who she should want to spend her time with I think that it's, it's, it's me basically doing those things to to assure her that I am quote unquote the one so I have to I have to create I got you. Now, for the people out there, I want them to understand that, you know, Uncle Tweezy, it, he's in the same situation with the same girl. He's going out on a date. Yet the information that he's allowing into his mind and that has shaped his paradigm, which is just a collection of thoughts and habits that will manifest in your body. So let's just make sure that the paradigm is defined. But it's the same situation. You went out with her once and you just, you said on one end, I can say, I don't know how this gonna work out. Or you can say, hey, you say, hey, this thing is gonna work out. I've made sure I did everything I was supposed to do and we're gonna just have a great time. And through that one instance, there is the, it can happen very terribly for you or very good for you, depending on how you see the situation. Um, for me, you know, it wasn't really necessarily that. Uh, you know, for me in the relationship, it was never a big issue. But the money thing is definitely a big thing, you know. And money is a big thing to pretty much, pretty much everybody, you know. When you spend money on 
uh, certain, you know, courses, programs, seminars, or, you know, business opportunities, it can create a lot of worry, fear, doubt that creates the anxiety that then manifests as the depression and it may manifest as, you know, some sort of like disease in the body, like, you know, like pimples or whatever. And then like, I don't know how it's going to work out versus studying, hey, uh, you know, I want to go into, you know, building, uh, you know, uh, a real estate empire. So I'm going to study, you know, what does it look like? I'm going to get some mentorship to try to understand that creates that faith in the process that creates the well-being as you're going through the process that manifests as, you know, positive expression and accelerating the process to keep making those decisions, then creating that ease which then now you'll be able to create the lifestyle that I want or for you yourself. This is all from the same, this is all from the same decision. Exactly. But yeah, <clears throat> but <clears throat> lastly, we're going to go over just, you know, two or three tips for everybody. And then we're going to kind of get into before the time is up, we're going to get into uh, the last dance because it's coming on tonight at nine o'clock. All right. All right, um, I got a couple of tips, and then we're going to let you get uh, get yours in, and then we're going to go, all right? Um, tip number one, to eliminate fear. Uh, understand that any negative situation has an equal or greater outcome related to it. Number two, situations do not cause fear. It's the lack of understanding of the situation that causes fear, worry, and doubt. And number three, fear is a choice. It does not just happen to you. You allow fear or the outside world uh, control your bodily, fun, you know, control your control your body, which then manifests and leads to the results that you get. Hey, what you got? Uh, for me, kind of like what I said, because you can't be scared to fail in the search of perfection. Basically, what I mean, what I feel that quote means is that when you're looking, when you want something, that don't let fear hinder you from getting that. It's gonna, I mean, sometimes failure happens. I mean, even the, the highest of CEOs have failed at one point in time. Mm-hmm. So do not, let, do not let the fear of failure stop you from doing something. Um, and as I'm saying that, I'm telling myself that because, again, sometimes, I mean, I have those specific fears. I mean, especially if somebody asks for them to do certain things. Mm-hmm. So certainly, Obviously, I know you're a basketball fan, of course. Yep. Have you seen the first, was it four episodes of The Last Dance? Yes, sir, I have. 
uh, and when were you when were you born? Because I was born in '93, so I was born when they were they got their third championship. So I didn't really see oh. him see him, but I know you were born a little earlier than me. Oh yeah, I was born in uh, eighty three. I was born ten years earlier. I was born in eighty three. Ooh, right, right before he got, right before he got to the draft. Right, a year before he got in. Yeah. So when, so obviously you, you didn't know who Michael was when you first, you know, when you were first born. You're just three years old trying to figure out life. What was it like? Right. What was it like when you saw the documentary and? kind of reached back into your toolbox and said, hey, this is a person I saw growing up. What was it like, man? Man, it's crazy. It's a level of nostalgia that you just haven't had in a long time, especially with everything going on recently with COVID or whatnot. So me and, you know, me playing basketball throughout my whole life. I mean, this is the reason why, you know, you pick up the ball. Um, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, you forget how, some people forget how good it was. You know, you have the debates for the and COVID. But for me, this is who I grew up on. I mean, I think that I really kind of, what I first remember probably was the, was the first line of against Magic, you know, the switching the hands and everything. It's just like, it was crazy. You know, my, my parents, my parents, my pops, and stuff pops and everyone. I mean, they just sit you down on the TV and you sit and they watch it. So it, it was it's a great for me to kind of go back and look how much of a killer, how good Mike was to, I mean, you know, you, you, you tend to forget like how nice some people forget how nice he was, and I mean I'm not I'm not of this new, this, this this new generation world. I think you know everyone this era is better than this era or whatever. But I mean I I will always feel like like Mike is the greatest of all time, mm-hmm. and that's simply because I, I guess that's what I grew up on. This is who I watched. This is the reason why I actually picked up basketball. So this this has been great, man. I mean this this series has been. I got you. For me, when I saw, like, when I first, I actually missed the first two episodes because I forgot what I was doing. I was either, I, I was, well, me and my, me and my lady were at my parents' house at the time and we just, you know, happened to get caught up and I was forgot to record it. But when I when I got when I got back home and I watched the the first and second and then the third and fourth one, I was like, I did not know Mike had this sort of inferiority complex with his brother and his dad that led him to have that sort that that animalistic mentality about basketball. Yeah, definitely. It certainly. Um, I mean, you know, just kind of to get into his psyche, especially with the family and everything. And to just kind of see that, it, it, it definitely is on a different level. See, I agree with that. Uh, it, it, it's wild. Now, did, now, I'm not sure. Did you ever see, now, I'm not sure if they, you've seen, did you ever see him live, like, in person, or you just saw him on TV? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think, I, I don't recall going to any Bulls game um, in person. If anything, it would have been a Bulls versus, versus Hornets game, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't believe that, uh, I I got you. So seeing like for me when I saw you know from the pit like when they played the Pistons and they got beat their first playoff their first playoff run to when they uh who was it that they played um the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw that and he was you know he was a rookie at the time and that was just 
that was his third game, and he was just trying to earn his stripes to get to be the got known guy on the team. I was just like, ugh, this dude is on another level. And people, they said when he came to practice, they knew he was the best guy on the team. And I was like, I don't know nobody in my life like that that walks into the room with that much confidence about their talent and killing it. Yeah, man, Michael Cole, man. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, what do you think about Den- like the uh, the debate about Dennis and Scotty being like the the th- the two other pillars to them winning those six championships, man? I agree with that. I'm not like I'm not a, a Georgia fan, a Georgia head like some people like. I'm not gonna say the same that Mike can or he can't, he couldn't win with, you know, without Scotty. I think Scotty was just as important because, I mean, I don't believe that you can do it by yourself. I'm even a great Michael. Um, okay, Mike was great. Mike was that guy. But, you know, I mean, if you have to play ball, it's hard to do it. You're just the only one who can hoop. So, I think, I think those two, I think, I think Scotty and Dennis are just kind of very underrated when it comes to the story of MJ. And I think that a lot of people a lot of people feel like you can just put anybody in that spot and Mike was still one. I don't know. Dennis was Dennis was Dennis, man. Dennis was the <laughs> Pippen was Pippen was like the first point forward to me. So Pippen would have Pippen was LeBron before LeBron minus the athleticism. Mm-hmm. But you know, a big a small forward can handle pass, still score. And I mean I mean people forget Pippen would have been Pippen would have won MVP, I think in ninety four. I mean mm-hmm. they would have definitely gone to the finals without Mike, so I think I think it was just as important, man. Brian, I mean, but Brian, he gets off the bench. I mean, people just see Dennis and they just think, you know, he crazy. crazy weird hair and the calm, the lecture, and just the kind of wild, and they just forget how good he was. I got you. Uh... Do you think that there will be another individual even remotely close to Mike? Well, obviously, Kobe played pretty much mirror to mirror like Mike. But now that Kobe, you know, God rest his soul, is there anybody that you know in the game now that's still playing besides LeBron? Because LeBron, I don't think he can really, you know, put two and two together. They play vastly different, in my opinion. Is there anybody else you think in the game that can get remotely close to Mike? I don't think so. And the reason I say that is because, for one, it's a different game. And two, I think anyone coming up, they won't. The newer generation, I mean, you think about the newer generation now, they're like 18, 19. There's a kid going, there's a kid coming up now, named Imani Bates. And he's like, he's a sophomore, he's super nice. I've got a chance to watch a couple of watch a couple of games, etc. But his game is more so Kevin Durant than it is Mike. So I don't think anyway, and then, you know, what Mike did, Mike, besides that, athleticism, I mean, you know, he was mid range as well. So I think the game's changed to a point now where it's, you know, it's it's all three pointers, it's all I mean it's athleticism getting to the hole. So that mid range game, that killer mentality, et cetera, I don't think that anyone else will kinda of come up. I think most of the younger generation they'll bother their games more so after either LeBron or Steph or KD before it actually I don't think you can model game after LeBron. I think LeBron game is one of the ties. More so it's kind of a Steph or KD than anybody else. So I don't I, mean, I don't think there'd be another anyone else who, who is like Mike. I think Mike is just kind of a one of a kind talent 
Um, I think Kobe did it because Kobe idolized Mike. Kobe kind of grew up in that era. Mm-hmm. It's a new era now for these kids. Michael. I mean, most of these kids are watching it now. And this is their first time seeing anything on Mike. So they not. You know, it may, I mean, maybe one person after watching this, they go back and they look at tapes and see things on Mike. You know, just kind of want to be that way. But I highly doubt it. I got you. Now, did you ever see, there's a, there's, um, I think it's not a rumor now, but there's an article floating around that, I forgot, Mike Tyson wants to do three round, three two-minute rounds now in his 50s just to let people know that he is still known as one of the greats. Yeah, I think that. What do you think about him doing that? You think he'll get crushed? Man, Mike is good. Like Deontay um, Wilder? Mm-mm. Oh, heck Thank you so much for getting on the, getting on the pod with me, man. It's been a while, but I was just I'm grateful for you to get on here, man. Talk about you know letting everything out and letting the people know that you know fear should not you know be the driving force for a decision. Of course, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you having me, man. So I don't know what to ask. Uh, we are unsure because obviously churches are you know down and. Right. We don't, but we got three months, and we know we don't know what can happen in three months because they're going off what the state says. So if the state says they're going to be closed until next year, we're going to have to, you know, reschedule. But for now, what we're going to probably, what we most likely going to do, is um, do a uh, wait until another month to a month and a half before we make that decision to, you know, postpone it, and then we'll just get married together with you know some of our family here like close-knit people and then we'll just do the ceremony next year kind of like how my me and my brother did i got you i got you man well everybody out there this is your boy Dougie fresh this is my man uncle tweezy from the all drinks on me podcast he drops every week what what days do you drop man Oh yeah, we. I'm definitely gonna listen to that one because you got me so like thinking like, what in the PSA he got going on? Kind of, kind of a little bit of what we talked about today earlier, COVID nineteen, as well as some other things. So, I got you. Know, you. I got you. I got you. Oh, by the way, your boy's podcast has gone international now. I'm in Russia, Germany, and Ireland now. Thanks, bro. But uh, everybody else, you know, much respect to the podcast game, to me and my boy, Uncle Tweezy. We out.